the last party of the weekend you're live here with 10 drink minimum let me bring everybody in here and unmute everybody james smiley is in the house hello james hi chris how are you doing oh, fantastic nice have uh, a nice day trip up to santa fe nice we have uh holly ann here with us hello hello and our special guest this week is music promoter one Joe Anderson. How are you doing, Joe? Hi, great. <laughs> in, bet- in between some laundry loads. Nice. I have been trying to get you on the show for like, what, five years now? Something like that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> First of all, how's everybody doing? Everybody's fine, pandemic-wise? You guys haven't been hanging out with uh, President Trump re- recently and... Contacted, you know, contacted no. any COVID. No, I have not. That's good. So, I, I so far have not contracted COVID. That's good. That's a positive. Um, well, you don't know. I mean, nowadays it's kind of a tough deal. So, I guess getting right into it, Joe. Um, so you, you, you are a local music promoter. You kind of, you know, I don't know, run the scene downtown for the most part now, right? You, you're the music promoter for Sunshine. Theater, Moonlight Lounge, Launchpad. I don't know if you book shows at uh, El Rey or not. Yeah, we do still the El Rey. I wouldn't yeah. say I run anything, but well, we have a lot going on. Yeah, you have you have, you have your your hands deep in the in the local music scene. My mom is watching. She said she has no COVID, so that's good. <laughs> that's a positive. So that's good. Um. So one thing I want to know is is like. How did it all start for you? Like, what was the what was the first concert that you ever went to growing up? Uh, the first uh, real concert, I think, was probably uh, Rick Springfield. Oh shit! Really? Yeah, that's awesome. Did you ever watch um, that uh, documentary Sound City by uh, Dave Grohl? Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, I saw some of that. Yeah. yeah. So. I saw an interview with him after they did that. And it's a really amazing documentary about, you know, about this, you know, studio for people out there for the studio that, that, uh, produced a lot of hit records, uh, in the seventies and the nineties. And in the interview afterwards, they were talking to him and they were like, who was the one person you interviewed for the documentary that you were like blown away by how great of a musician they were. And Dave Grohl was like, hands down, Rick Springfield. Yeah. He was like, I will play drums for that guy any day. Yeah, I saw them in uh, in Pensacola, Florida. With, wow. Uh, till, till Tuesday opening. Now. Until they played. No one was at the front of the stage. So I, could, I basically stood right in front of Amy Mann the whole set. Oh, um, wow. Wow. Dang. What made you want? I mean, were you a big Rick Springfield fan or was that like? Uh, it was just one of the one of the big shows that came to town and yeah. uh, my friends and I just saw the tickets. I I was, you know, I think I was probably 13 or 14 at oh. the time. Were you blown, like, were you blown away? Were you like, this is what I want to go see? It was, it was packed. So yeah, it was, uh, it was cool. I, I mean, it's not like that show got me into booking music, but no. <laughs> Someone in the chat, uh, <laughs> Tristan Rogers, the chef from a hollow spirit says mine was MC hammer. Oof. That's that's an interesting one. I feel like that would have been a, a, a great concert in nineteen what ninety three, ninety two. That'd be fun. Um, so then Rick Springfield. So I mean, what kind of music? Did... MC Hammer is classic. How he, dare you? Well, he is classic. I agree. You know, he's he's a classic music and a classic example of how not to spend your money. You know, a lot of different examples there. Um. So whenever you like, what kind of concerts did you usually go to when you were growing up? 
uh, like a lot of a lot of house parties and yeah, um, you know, uh, in in Pensacola and and in uh, Albuquerque, I lived in Pensacola until I was about uh, um, eleven. But then I spent every summer there with my dad until I was yeah. Uh, so oh, nice. Yeah. So when did um, you? So like I've lived here about thirteen years, and I missed out on the uh, the uh, Joe Anderson being in bands, you know situation well, you're, you're very lucky oh really i saw you play i got to see you play with uh, uh pilot to bombardier once and i was super yeah. excited about it so what when did you get into like playing music uh some some of my friends and i in high school started a project and i just started playing bass because it was pretty easy yeah yeah what uh what was the name of that that first band oh god um I think void were prohibited. <laughs> yes, I love that. Void were yeah. prohibited. What was the kind of sound you guys had? Uh, the, you know, punk and yeah. yeah. You know, punk. we're listening to Black Flag and Dead Kennedys. And, oh wow! Yeah. Where did you? What? So was that? Um, when did you move here? Uh, when I was uh, eleven. So that was like uh, oh, okay. Uh, 81. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So I, I've seen this video of like the music scene from the 80s here. Have you seen this video floating around from the news? From and It's pretty much about the music scene here. Oh, yeah. And, about the, that was like the cover band scene. Right? Yeah. And like the Joe, Air, Air Joe Buffalino or whatever his name is. Yeah. yeah Buffalino and then all the, uh, all the like cover band bars that yeah. were open. Was that, was that predominantly what was going on back in those days? Yeah, there was like a circuit, and there were bars like the launch site and uh, buckets and uh, um, the hungry bear and uh, <laughs> so yeah, stuff that Jesus. And I, I just love it because people were like, We want to play our own music, but all they want is like for us to play top 40 songs. Yeah, it was all like <laughs> hair metal cover stuff, yeah. And like nowadays, if you were a band and like all you play is like top forty, you're gonna kind of get stuck in in the place, you know, like bars that only want that. You're not gonna, you know, you're not gonna get booked downtown. Well, yeah, the, the choices for that right now are are pretty, yeah, pretty limited scene. So. Pretty limited scene. I just thought that was really funny because that's all they would allow them to play. They're like, we want to play, we want to play our own music, man. It was like a they should make a movie out of that. <laughs> I'll write that script. Be like Albuquerque in the eighties. Um, so whenever you, you know, what was the first band you played in here in Albuquerque? Uh, let's see. Um, probably uh, Bring Back Dad. Oh, uh, I've heard of this. I've heard of them. Yeah. Yeah. So what was, was what was the scene like in like you know say it was that you know nineties later 90s early 2000s yeah, like kind of mid mid 90s mid 90s what was the yeah. scene like in those days uh you know back back then there was a lot of uh inter genre inter scene support yeah so like you know if there was like a decent local show we packed with mm-hmm. you know band members and fans from all genres you know so it was a good punk show yeah. You see the metal kids and the reggae fans and that, you know, there was just support throughout the, from the whole scene. Yeah. So that, that's what's kind of different from, from now. Yeah. Now it's kind of like, you know, if it's like a ska band, there's only going to be those fans. Well, yeah, it's pretty, it's, it's a lot, uh, it's, it's more splintered. The whole scene is more splintered as far as the support goes. Yeah. It's a little weird because, like, I've lived here 13 years, and in 13 years, I've seen it change pretty pretty drastically. I mean, there was definitely that whole uh, bluegrass um, mountain-type music phase, for sure. You know, you had about five to eight bands that would play that, that little circuit around town. You know, they would play the breweries, you know, the Squash Blossom Boys, Porter Draw, uh, Three String Bale, you know. And that's kind of like dissipated out, um, and then you've definitely had you know indie you know the indie rock scene kind of come back in. Oh, 
He's asking. We have a question from the uh, crowd. How do you feel about the band? What lies beneath? Oh, they're all right, man. They play at uh, play at Launchpad. Yeah, yeah. I've seen them. What uh, what genre of music right now is like the big like? You know, you book it, and you know, you're going to get an audience. Uh, wh- wait a minute. What? Like, what genre of music right now is kind of the go-to where you know you're going to get an audience? Whenever before COVID, like if we were not, you know. It depends. There are a lot of uh, you know great bands in each scene, so mm-hmm. you know. Uh, yeah. It really depends more of the on the act. On the act. Yeah. Interesting. That's interesting. Um, so what? Like whenever you? Uh, oh, he's at. They're asking another question. They said Anastasia. Anastasia. Yeah. <laughs> what, what do you expect Joe to say? You think he's going to be like, ah, you know? You think he's going to be like thumbs down? I'm sure he's going to say they're all great. Yeah. You know, you can't really, you know. I'm sure he likes the people that that bring a lot of people into to you know buy tickets and and lots of drinks. That's what Anastasia is awesome. There you go. He likes them. <laughs> Who's Anastasia? Yeah, which which band is that one? Uh so what made you decide to like go from being a you know a musician to a promoter, or or I don't know how you would describe yourself. Well, I or I book. started mm-hmm. promoting after uh, I I worked at UNM at the um, it was called the PEC the Popular Entertainment Committee. Mm-hmm. I was actually uh, volunteering there um, just more as a as kind of a a, a loader. Um, just pushing cases. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, when I was there, I was I was still in high school. I don't think they knew that, but I was volunteer and <laughs> I was with all the shows. And uh, and then you know I would find out there were a lot of acts that wanted to come through, but they they either weren't large enough for the university to book, or there wasn't a room in town. Mm-hmm. But there were a lot of people trying to to build the scene. Um, Garrett Watley and uh, Joey Abin and uh, you know Ian Parks; those guys were booking a lot of like smaller kind of underground stuff. And um, oh wow! Uh, yeah. How do you feel? I, I have this is off the off the uh, docket, I guess. How do you feel about like the local house shows? Do you feel like that's uh, like a threat to you, or do you feel like that's a cool like a cool addition you know, to the I scene? Think I think it's something. I mean, it's it's cool. It's like we need that, you know, mm-hmm. we definitely need that. Uh, there are a lot of bands that are more into the whole, like DIY, mm-hmm. you know, there's, there are a lot of bands that are kind of anti-bar scene and, and I get it. I mean, when I was a kid going to shows, I, I was always pissed about bar shows. Yeah. So, um, I think it's cool. I'm kind of, I'm very surprised that there are house shows at places that, I mean, that can, you know, stay open and, and don't get shut down. Uh, yeah. I think that's, well, it's interesting to me. Cause like, um, I was at work one day and someone was talking about the fly honey warehouse and it was on the news cause it got busted and it was like a legal venue busted. And someone was at work and they're like, Oh, did you see this? You're, you're in tune with a lot of things. And I was like, yeah, I, I know the people who, who run that. And they're like, you do. I was like, Oh yeah. And they're like, it's crazy that someone would do that. And I was like, well, that's like one of eight places like that, <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's a bunch. Yeah, and they were like, really? And I was like, yeah. And it's just kind of interesting to me that there's <laughs> this like people that live here in this city and there's all, all these things that are happening that they just literally have no idea that are, are going on. You know, you have like Gold House, Raptor House, you know, Town Hall, you know, just all kind of, you know, and someone's over there like writing them all down. They're like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, busted. I kind of look at it as like a, a proving ground so you know when you're first starting out as a band you kind of got to get your like chops down you know you got to get your chemistry and then you know before you start playing like you know the venues so i always look at it as that like kind of the you know well but it's also a different scene i mean there are established bands that that play house parties and prefer to play house parties yeah oh you're right it's it's a cool vibe and i mean i don't uh, you know, I don't have any kind of weirdness or in the world with, yeah. with any of that. You know, I think it's it's something that we need. Yeah. Uh, I hear what you're saying. And that's good, though. I mean, I, I feel like, you know, 
with with what you do and with that that scene as well it, it's one of those things where it's an odd uh where, where it's not competition it's more of like you know helping the the actual scene thrive you know it's mm. it, it's bringing more attention and it helps everyone that's how i always feel about it oh yeah so i don't know um that's what i you know in in yeah and to get away from music, you know, we're starting to, we want to start asking more like Albuquerque centric questions. So one of the questions we want to ask is what, what number do you choose at uh, golden pride? Mm. Oh, <laughs> uh, all right. So, um, it all came about like the other day I was like, there were some people in town visiting and they were, t- we were talking about places to eat in Albuquerque and they were like, well, we want something fast and quick that we can grab and take to someone's house. And I was like, Oh, golden pride. And all is golden pride. Good. And I was like, Oh Yeah. I was like, everyone has their number. And I was in uh, Sidetrack Brewing, and the, 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 the bartender goes, number eight. <laughs> I was like, yep, see? <laughs> so I thought that was a good question. Yeah, yeah. I usually get the uh, Frontier Burrito mm. with um, hash browns inside. Ooh, there you go. Ooh. That's the good... uh, vegetarian burrito. Oh, dang. Are you vegetarian? I know, but I no. will. You'll partake uh, in that? Occasionally, yes. Yeah. I think one, three, and eight are also those are my backups. Yeah, see, there you go. I always got to get a number ten, and then and then two carne burritos for later. Mm. You know, because you can stick those in the fridge and just warm them up. I think that's a good, a good choice. Um, So clearly, right now, your industry is kind of like one of the hardest hit with the COVID virus. So, um, how hard? I mean. I say that, but I don't really know. I mean, how hard has it been? Well, I mean, we are uh, going on seven seven months mm-hmm. being closed, nothing, and then of course I've got you know multiple venues and uh, businesses uh, that I'm just kind of dragging along. Yeah. But I mean, if you think about it, it's what is it? It's probably like uh, movie theaters, uh, sports mm-hmm. uh, sports events, live music events. Yeah. So. Well, I just read. That uh, I think it was Cinemark Theaters. They had just announced like that the James Bond film is going to be postponed, mm-hmm. and it might literally devastate Bankrupt Cinemark. Them? Yeah, uh, they were saying. Let me see if I can pull this up. Uh, Regal, yeah. Let's see. Regal, Regal Cinema, yeah. Yeah. It was quite a bit of of theaters shutting down. Uh, Cineworld is closing down 128 of its UK and Ireland's uh, cinemas as well as US. So, I mean, you know, so you're talking about movie theaters. I guess that's kind of the other industry that's the same as you guys. But, like, wh- how's it been? I mean, how are you able to keep, I mean, you know, how how can you pay rent? How can you pay the, you Well, know? we've been using savings and uh, we've, you know, got some loans and, you know, PPP money yeah. and Luckily, we have uh, cool, you know, landlords and people right. we work with who who get it. Yeah, uh, you know, there are some people we have to kind of we, we've fought with a little bit, but yeah. I mean, it's happening to everyone. It's not like right. you know, I it's not like I just gave up, you know, working. No, well, I mean, you know, say the say the landlord or whoever kicks you out. I mean, who are they gonna? Who's gonna go rent a building that no one could be in? <laughs> you know. I mean, what is the law right now on live events? It's completely, you can't be in anything right now, correct? Yeah. I mean, I, there's, uh, there, there's, there's a couple things happening out there, but yeah. um, as far as I think what's, what's legal, there's uh, not supposed to be any. Yeah. Have you seen anything about this new bill that uh, aimed to help music venues suffering from COVID-19? Oh, yeah. The, the Heroes Act. Heroes Act. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know much about it, but I mean, how far along is that? I mean, does that seem like it's going to be something that happens? I don't know. I mean, I think that, um, uh, being honest, I mean, I, I don't know that, you know, live music is going to be a number one priority for the people mm-hmm. making those decisions. Sure. Um, so, right. I have to think of it, uh, in, in the big picture and, figure out how to deal with it you know? yeah i mean what do you i mean i feel like you have a better a better you know finger on the pulse of what's going to happen here what do you think is the future of live music when is it going to come back 
you know, what is it going to look like? Well, I mean, it, it's it, it's kind of the same as everything else. Um, a vaccine and, and a vaccine that people, uh, mm-hmm. you know, trust and and will will take. And, uh, you know, I mean, as far as COVID-19 goes, that's what it's going to take to get bands back on the road. I mean, mm-hmm. you're thinking there, there's so many things like um, that a lot of people don't think about putting right. a full band on a single bus. Right. Also, uh, you know, bus loads of crew people on a bus. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, full crew on yeah. one single bus. Yeah. So, um, right. yeah, it's a, uh, they can't, people can't uh, spend money on advertisement, put the, the band out and then some, you know, one person on the bus gets COVID right. and they have to put the whole tour down and, there's all that lost uh, lost revenue right oh, now. Oh, sure. I mean, just look at the NFL right now. Uh, Cam Newton from the uh, New England Patriots got it. And then a number of the players got it. So now they've postponed that game completely from today to a different day. And, mm-hmm. I mean, that's got to be millions of dollars. Oh, easy. <laughs> you know, just to move it. It's like, phew. so. And, and, but, I mean, they, they can take the hit. You know, the NFLs, you know, can take the hit. Mm-hmm. You know, music venue owner who, you know, each show helps pay the bills. You know, that's a difficult thing. Yeah. There's, so. a, there's a lot of venues across the country that are already yeah. shut down or shutting down. Oh, yeah. What um, do you, so, I mean, what do you think the soonest we can maybe think about seeing live music? I would say if we're lucky, um, touring acts, I would say Spring, maybe late spring, if if we're lucky. Okay, because I still got those Rage Against the Machine tickets for June, so. Yeah, I don't have anything to do with that. So. <laughs> I know, but, you know, <laughs> I still want to go. <laughs> there are- yeah, there are eight <laughs> kicking things down to um, Q3 and Q4. So, yeah. I mean, that's, Jeez. you know, fall and, and winter. Yeah. Are there, are there bands out there still throwing out bookings just to – kind of test the water at all there are yeah there are plenty of holds out there but yeah. i mean everyone's just you know you can you can hold the day you can confirm the date, but mm-hmm. no one is really comfortable um starting advertisement or yeah endorsement. Well, um, once once like everything is clear and everything's good how how healthy do you think it you know the, the scene the live music scene will be well i think there'll be a point where it will come back but I mean, the the first thing is going to be the, the whole health aspect mm-hmm. and people feeling safe going out to shows again. Then there's also going to be this, you know, economic yeah. situation that, that has to be dealt with. I mean, we could we could see things pop up right away, but I also think there are some economic impacts yeah. that we haven't even uh, thought of yet. Sure. I think I think it'll be pretty healthy. Like once once they say you know hey you know everybody's gotten the vaccine we're all good to go, I think it'll be really healthy because I think people are frothing at the mouth to get. I went to the so they have a drive-in movie theater at, at Balloon Fiesta Park, and I was like, well, I don't know how this is going to go. And we you know it was Fast and the Furious, the first movie. It's not like that movie hasn't you know been out for a long time, and you can't just rent it for three ninety nine on Amazon. And it was packed, packed. People were tailgating. It was nuts. So I kind of feel like once there's like a, you can go in and watch bands and stuff play again. I think people, you know, those people who, who took it for granted aren't going to take it for so much, you know, you know, anymore. They're going to be like, oh man, you know, I'm hoping, I I think that's what it's going to be like. Ooh, that was loud. Somebody's phone went off. Sorry, that's me. Okay. Uh, I don't know. I'm hoping that, and I'm sure you are too. I'm sure you're like, yeah, I'm hoping that too. Can you guys, I mean, do you think the industry can can hold on until that time? Especially, I mean, locally, not so much the full industry. You can't really talk about that. Uh, I, I think uh, some will and some some yeah. won't. I mean, I'm, I'm, I feel like some people have already kind of moved on to other things. Yeah. Um, a lot of the agencies have splintered, um, have split up. Oh, wow. And so 
Yeah, there, there are people who were, you know, part of the, you know, large booking agencies, you know, uh, last year who are now booking uh, from their homes again uh, with a new new project or sure. or just going out on their own. So yeah, yeah. So I was at the first Friday art show, Friday, and there was a live band on the top of uh, <laughs> Launchpad. <laughs> What's yeah, that all about? Clones of Harvard got up there. Uh, we did not set it up. Wow. Uh, but, uh, you know. Yeah. Whatever. We got to give them credit for that. Yeah. It's, it's, it's something different. Uh, well, first, first Friday was packed. There, it was a lot of people yeah. downtown on Central on Friday at like 7 o'clock. And Albuquerque is not a, you know, for people who are listening that aren't from this city, we're not a, a a people that goes downtown seven o'clock on a Friday. It's more like ten o'clock on a Friday. That's so early for yeah. downtown. Like there was light outside and people were drunk and acting crazy. I was like, "Huh, <laughs> this is weird. This is odd." And so that that kind of gave me a little bit of hope. I'm hoping that you know, I mean, how do you feel about? So they're talking about doing like concerts and stuff at these drive-in movie theaters. I mean, do you think that's something that can happen for a little while or is it, you know, a, a, a good idea? Yeah. Well, the first question to ask is, uh, is it, you know, are costs going to be covered? Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and that, that's the thing you can brainstorm all day about, Hey, this would be cool or whatever. But right. at, at the end you have to look and you know, are we going to be doing all this work and then just incur, incurring more loss? Yeah. Um, so that's why I think that some of these work and some, um, were tested and, you know, pe- people are kind of walking away from it because, Oh really? Yeah. But I, I, that's, that's the thing is like, you have to try it to see, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure there's some out there that are making money and, um, and are, uh, are successful and are right. continuing. But, well, yeah. Um, Cause like if you do a show at a drive-in, I mean, you're pretty much going to be charging, a ticket for the car. Yes. You know? So, I mean, what is, I mean, depending on like how big the band is, you know, um, you know, how much are you going to charge the car? I mean, you know, and then, and then you've got to make it to where the, the customer looks at it and they understand what you're charging. I mean, cause you know, if you charge $80 a car to go see a band, I mean, that's really technically, if you have four or five seats, you know, you can have four or five people in the car watching this concert. You know, or two people, or you know. Well, the, considering scaling is, a, I mm-hmm. mean, it's the same as as it was with a regular concert. You know, you have to uh, is it, you're going to be able to get someone to pay whatever 150 bucks, right. 250 bucks a car. Yeah. Go? Are people going to be that excited about what you're presenting? And sure. once again, it goes back to what what is the act? What is the attraction? Sure. And then, and then, and then you're also as a promoter or, or venue, you you don't have that alcohol aspect where you can sell alcohol because clearly people are probably going to bring their own. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, like because uh, whenever I went to that movie, I mean, there was people tailgating and and they didn't have a they had a I don't know if they really called it a concession. They had an area for food trucks, which is mm-hmm. was interesting, but it was you know kind of cool. But then, you know. Once, uh, like for me, I feel like the drive-in movie thing is going to be kind of a novelty once everything goes back to normal as well. Because like you have that large drive-in theater lot, and if you instead put one building with twenty theaters in that one lot, you would make so much more money, and that's the that's why they all died out in the mm-hmm. first place. But right. you know, so it's you know, I I haven't I know that Santa Fe they're driving they did some sort of drive-in movie theater and they've been having bands up there, but I haven't seen anything mm-hmm. here yet. So. I just wondered. I'm, you know, I, I figure you're you're kind of in tune with what's going on in that aspect, and I didn't know if that was a thing people were going to try to do here or not. But you know, if it's not, you know, Amp Concerts has been doing those in, in Santa Fe. They've yeah. had some that have been successful and some not so successful. Um, those guys are excited about keeping things um, going. Yeah, they want uh, they want to provide entertainment and uh, you know keep doing things. Right keep people excited about live music that's a tough thing to do i mean 
And then I guess I want to also talk about like, you know, if people out there don't know, the Launchpad has a YouTube channel, and um, some of the, you know some of the guys who work for Joe uh, Barney Lopez, especially, they've been having local bands come in and they record them, and they take the music and they use Pro Tools and they clean it up and they cut the video and they've been posting them on launch on the Launchpad YouTube page, so you can watch like the best the the best thing next to being there is watching these bands on on you know the launchpad youtube channel and i've watched a couple really amazing you know it's because like it's frustrating to me that a lot of musicians i know they grab their cell phone and they put it on a little mount and they turn it on live and they start playing and it sounds awful and you, you know the cell phone's not built for it you know it's not built to you know the microphone on the cell phone is not built to take guitar and singing and all that and so it's really awesome to see that you guys have done that and there's a gofundme page that helps uh pay for it all so you know people need to you know be aware that that is happening so if you you know it's friday night and you want to and i think they're 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 on friday nights i believe that's like when they're they're launching them right it it depends but barney chris and and andrew have been working on this a lot at first we were hesitant to to do them because we were we were afraid we we're gonna you know mm-hmm. end up in the red, um, but um, we've been able to sort it out kind of uh, to where we're we're not losing anything right. like we're making a ton, uh, but we're uh, we're able to to get everybody paid and get those guys paid for their time because yeah. they're doing the filming, um, and then of course Andrew does the recording and then the, then they spend time doing all the editing uh for for them and then and then they'll stream them so pretty cool they've they've come out great yeah let me see if i can pull they this sound up. amazing yeah yeah they they've, they've been doing a, a lot of work on it so let's see if i can pull this up here i want to put that in the the chat here the little link i don't know if people can click on that but they can save it um but yeah you know i feel like that that's you know doing the best you can with what you have. And I think you guys are doing an amazing job with that. Uh, tell Joe, I say what's up, Russell James. Hi, Russell James says, hello. Uh, so I think, you know, so, so kudos to you guys for doing that. You know, I mean, it, like you said, it was a gamble where you might lose money. Cause I mean, GoFundMe, It's like one of those things where it's like, mm, you know, you ask for it too much and people are like, eh. but it seems to be working out and I like it. And uh, I, I hope you guys keep doing it. And you know, the more you know, I guess you guys are going to do Night of Living cover bands, from what I understand. Yeah, we're already scheduling um, all those recordings for for this month, and yeah. uh, we're going to stream them all on thirtieth. Uh, so. <laughs> so, if if there wouldn't have been COVID, how many Night of the Living cover bands would there have been this year? <laughs> uh, we would have probably just done the six. I mean, the thing is I'm that so they, they're, they're so much fun yeah. and. <laughs> They're always packed. Um, I, I swear, every year there's like two more edits. <laughs> I'm like, what? Yeah, there. <laughs> I love them though. That's my favorite time of the year. It's the best week of the year. It is. Yeah, yeah. week, month. You mean? Uh, yeah, we we go the, the full month. month. Yeah. It's always and it's always like you know. You know what I mean. There's, there's always when I always go to Night of the Living cover bands. There's always some band that I had never heard of. That gets booked and they and they they you know they dress they do the part and then you're just like holy shit who the hell is this you know like they'll be David Bowie or you know what you know whoever and you're just like whoa you know it just blows your mind out so I'm glad to see you guys are still you know you're gonna you're gonna do something and that I think that's good news for everybody yeah we're just doing one one night I think just ten bands yeah. this year I think last year we did almost seventy bands. Jesus, really? Yeah. Wow. Or 60 wow. something, 67. That's oh awesome. Yeah, so. That is really awesome. Um, so I have a question. This question is for actually everybody. What is the best concert you've ever seen? Mm. I, I, I have, without a doubt, number one in my mind. And it's a show that Joe brought here. 
Can you guess? Anybody guess who it is? There's so many, man. I know. Like Mine is guess. at the uh, <laughs> the Civic Center, Neutral Milk Hotel. I loved that show. You you promote you brought that here, right, Joe? Yeah, I've, oh. and I, I I have them in. Uh, I did that actually with with uh, amp concerts. Um, oh man, we we co promoted that, but uh, I worked with those guys at the Dingo Bar too, and you know the, there was like seventy people there. Neutral Milk Hotel played the Dingo Bar back in the day. Yeah. Yeah, we did some cool stuff. Wow. Jesus. Yeah. Oh. Uh-oh, here we go. Russell says the Lemonheads. That was that launch pad for my birthday. That yeah. was a great show. They did uh, It's a Shame About Ray in its entirety. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Smiley, what, what's your favorite concert of all time? Oh, all time or just the Joe Anderson? Production? No, all time that you've ever been to. <laughs> this is all time you've ever been to. Mine was just, that might just so happen to be, you know, I saw I saw Neutral Milk Hotel. I literally was weeping during the show, and then a week week later, I saw the Dandy Warhols, and I was just like, "No, sorry guys, <laughs> would have been great if I wouldn't have saw that other band a week ago." <laughs> uh, I, I think uh, it was at a sports center in San Diego. I was watching Dinosaur Junior. Oh, nice! And uh, the property owners were worried about it, so they put a cage in front of them. <laughs> like like Blues Brothers style? Yeah. There's a cage. You're like, why is there a cage between us and... So you can throw beer bottles at them. And sort of junior. Well, no. It was like a youth activity space, so we couldn't bring <laughs> beer in. Well. Or you, you, really or you, weird, or you didn't try, is what you're saying. But because of its hilariousness, I really had a good time. Yeah. Holly, what's your, your favorite concert you ever went uh, to? That's such a hard question i don't think i've ever been to a bad concert and I what say that oh right i have now. i have well, well here's the thing there's always good memories to be yeah. had whether it's a good story because the band sucked or yeah. you were there with cool people um oh my god so hard to choose i really enjoyed bob dylan and i think that was just because i was in the presence of a hero um that was a good one uh, and I, you know what? I really enjoyed, um, oh my God, why am I spacing their name? They're like my favorite band in the whole, oh, Band of Horses oh, last yeah. year. Band of Horses was amazing. That was a great show. But I mean, I don't know. I'm. That was a great show except for the drunk people so in front of me. Concerts, so the band fucked up and said it was their first time <sighs> yeah, ever yeah. playing in Albuquerque, which it was not. And the people in front of me who were wasted would not let it go. They brought it up on their cell phone and were like trying to show the band. And they were up by the they were up by the bar area and they're all, see, you were here before. And they were waving the phone like the band could hear or see them. Yeah. So I finally moved and that made the concert so much better. <laughs> what about you, Joe? Uh, I have a bunch. Oh, okay. Well, I want to hear them all. Uh, okay, I saw um I saw a ween mm. at a tiny club called the Cannibal Club in Austin. Oh. Was this uh, was this before or after they did the country album? Uh that it was before. Oh, okay. Um, it was I think it was the pod tour. Okay. Uh and uh Yeah, that was pretty awesome. There's probably, I don't know, a couple hundred people there. That was when they had just had the 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 dat player. Yeah. And the uh, and the brothers playing. You just made um, you just made Corey Minifee like orgasm because like he loves Ween. Yeah, I know that. <laughs> um, and I saw uh, Jane's Addiction at um, the El Rey. Oh, nothing shocking. Ooh. That was the first uh, show I used a fake ID to get into. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hold on, let me just call the police real quick. Okay. <laughs> just kidding. Jane's Addiction. That's great. Yeah. I would have loved it. Are they still? A, I mean, are they together? Or are they? Is that band, you know, blown uh, up? You know it. Yeah, it's hard to know right now. I wonder if this, you know, the COVID will get bands back together. I'm hoping. Maybe. You know. So you had Jane's Addiction. You have Ween. What else? Uh, let's see. You know, um, the last, uh, um, the second to the last. Uh, DJ Shadow tour. Okay, he does that Shadow Sphere yeah. thing. 
which is just amazing. I don't know if you're familiar, but it's just a ton of projectors. Hmm. No. And uh, yeah, it's it's amazing. I'm a big DJ Shadow fan. Did, so. Were you at that show, um, Portugal the Man? When they did, uh, you guys had it at Sunshine. Did you see any of that? I didn't see much of that. I was at the show, but yeah. I didn't see much of the show. So I didn't I didn't know who they were, and I had a friend that had an extra ticket, and he was like, you want to go? And I was like, you know, sometimes you know, have so shit, shit going on, you go. And they did this thing where the show was like this big video screen they had behind them, and it was like almost the size of the, the whole backstage. And the band was just a silhouette. You couldn't see them. And I thought the singer was a woman. And they never showed them. And then it kept that whenever someone would talk, it was like the bass player and they would do like a uh, what do they call that? Where you, a spotlight on just him. Spotlight. And so till the end, like when they showed the whole band, I had no idea that it wasn't a woman. No clue because you couldn't see the band at all. It was really interesting. I found that to be like a, you know, awesome way to go see, a, you know, see a band for the first time. But anyway, sorry, you, you were talking about DJ Shadow. That just reminded me of that show. And uh, who else did you have? Um, uh, there's a, there's a bunch more. I won't, I won't, bore you, you won't, you won't bore it. Well, <laughs> taking off your promoter hat, but like what, as a promoter, what, what was the, the, the band you were shocked you were able to book? Like you were just like, you're a promoter and you're booking this band and you're trying to act professional, but then you're just like, holy shit, I can't believe I got, mm-hmm. I got these guys. Well, you know what? Um, kind of, uh, when, when I just started out, my, my friend Dan, uh, uh, was booking a bunch of shows like punk rock shows mm-hmm. in uh, in Colorado, and um, he uh, he basically um, came to me and said, "Hey, we have a chance to do this uh, this Johnny Cash show." Oh and wow! So, yeah, so we co-promoted Johnny Cash at the at Pope Joy. What? Yeah, and that wow. that was pretty amazing. Did you get, did you get to meet Johnny Cash? Oh yeah. How was he? Uh, at that point, it was um, that was kind of right when he was ending his his touring. I think he actually had to cancel um, some of the tour dates uh, because he was just uh, in, in in bad shape at that point. Oh, jeez. Yeah, I was talking recently. Uh, so I watched I watched the Beastie Boys uh, documentary on Apple TV. And if, if if folks out there, if you're you know you love the Beastie Boys and you have not seen that documentary, it is amazing anyway they talk about rick rubin in there and i was watching it with someone who had no idea who rick rubin was and i was like oh wow i was like go through and look at that guy's like discography of you know albums he's done and one of the big things that he did uh was he kind of revived johnny cash's career yeah he brought him back because they they had like fired him from his contract they said he wasn't relevant anymore Mm -hmm. and rick rubin stripped off all the production and just did raw Johnny Cash, which was amazing. And that's probably what you got to see was that tour. That's amazing. And that, that I did not expect you to come out with something like that. I was like, Ooh, you know, <laughs> I thought it was going to be more of a punk or like indie rock kind of thing. And that's a big one. At what point yeah. did you like stop being like excited? Uh, you know, cause at some point it becomes a job to you. Right. And at what What's and that? that's unfortunate. Like you had asked me about the whole yeah. Portugal the Man thing. Like a lot of times, I don't get to see a lot of the show because right. I'm doing, you know, settlement or yeah. dealing with the situation. Um, so I try to 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 pop in and see, you know, uh, at least two or three songs from each act. But a lot of times, uh, I won't get to see oh. any of the show at all. That sucks, man. Yeah, that's that's it's a bummer, but yeah. Well, I mean, you know, and then, uh, I mean, have you ever had that situation where you were like super excited to, there was a band and you were super excited and then they came in and they were kind of dickheads and you're just like, well, that sucks. Uh, yeah. I didn't want them to be dickheads. Yeah. There's been a few bands like that. I don't know what to say. You don't have to say Uh, who it is. I mean, yeah. Yeah. It's unfortunate when you book your uh, a hero and they yeah. and they come in and just dash that you know, well, the, you know for example like uh the dropkick murphys i've seen them a lot of times and they came in and played a show there and it was so weird because like you know people in albuquerque don't go to shows early 
and we showed up at 9.30, and they were already playing. And I guess what had happened was is the bass player or the guitar player was flying out early, so they decided to go on early. Well, then after the show, um, the rest of the band went over to uh, Blackbird and proceeded to say filthy, horrible things to the waitresses, and they got thrown out, and I heard about it. And after that, I was like, mm, you know what? Fuck those guys. Mm. You know? So it's kind of stuff like that, you yeah. know? You're like, ugh. So I'm, I, I'm assuming that Ugh. that's probably happened to you a number of times, and it, you know, it probably you know, you probably loses the luster of the the fame and all that. Yeah, totally. Like uh, you, you know, you get an act that you love, and then mm-hmm. they come in, and they're you know difficult the whole day and, and shitty to your staff. Yeah. You know, it's like ah, I don't have to stick around for this. Brandon you know? is telling his best concert, I think. Oh wow, that would have been amazing. Weezer, Chicago, wow. 2011, two nights in a row. First night, Blue Album. Second night, Pinkerton in their entirety. That would be great. Oh, I, wow. I do like when bands do like, um, they're like, you know, we're going to go back on tour and we're going to do this famous album every track, you know. I do love that. So who does Joe the That's fan, amazing. like, when do you decide to take a night off and go watch a band? I mean, is that a thing to you anymore or are you just too much into it? You're just like, eh. Uh, no, I mean, we do a lot of shows. So, um, you know, there's some nights where we'll have, you know, three, maybe four things going on, uh, on a night. So, um, uh, yeah, occasionally I'll go see something like I went and saw, you know, X when they played at, uh, um, Santa Fe at Santa Fe at the bridge. Yeah. Yeah, and I was able to just, I wasn't involved in the show. I just, with the show at all, I just was able to <laughs> do have you, a couple beers and watch the show. It's pretty pretty cool. Do you get yeah. antsy? You're like, oh, shit, who's watching the door? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where's the security guys? Putting your, you know, picking up trash off of the. <laughs> yeah. They're like, that, that customer's real nice. He cleaned up all the beer cans. What a nice guy. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Um, So... What is the craziest thing you've seen on a band's rider? You don't have to name the band, but what's the craziest rider you've seen? You know, riders they're kind of they're kind of toned down yeah. now. I think. I mean, it used to be it was all kinds of drugs at one point, <laughs> um, but you have like you have budgets that you have to adhere to now. So a lot of stuff, you know, you get the important stuff and you know things you can't afford gets struck. Um, Cottonmouth King used to try to make us buy them uh, clothes, so they would have, they would put clothes, yeah, socks and underwear and sneakers. <laughs> right? I mean, wow. We wow. all need new socks, right? Well, I mean, if you're out on a tour, you you know your sock, you know, I could see your socks dwindling, you know, your underwear being stolen, maybe. Yeah, why why send the runner to the laundry just? Yeah. But, yeah, can you <laughs> can you talk about the runner thing? Because I didn't know about this until a couple of years ago. So, okay, so if you do a show uh, like bigger shows, you have to have a runner or uh-huh. maybe several runners, depending on the size of the show and the budgets involved. But basically, uh, there's just someone there who takes care of the band all day. They are dealing yeah. with. Um, Taking the band to the hotel, take a shower, um, taking the band to the mall to go look for whatever yeah. DVDs or whatever. And then uh, um, uh, they're, they're dropping off the laundry for the tour. They're get picking up the food for the tour. Yeah. They're doing the shopping. So, yeah, that's um, interesting to me. And sometimes it's a, you, you got to feel like it's probably a job that the person's probably like, yes, I'll do that. And then by the end of the day, they're probably like, fuck this. <laughs> It's, depends. I mean, a lot of times they get to hang out with the you know the band yeah. members and yeah, it's kind of cool. Yeah, I got to do some security back in the day for a couple bands, and it was funny because like they had runners. I guess they had runners. I didn't know that's what they were. And this is in Portales, New Mexico, and one of the bands, I think it was Blessed Union of Souls, if you can remember that band. They wanted to go f- to Fort Sumner to see the Billy the Kid grave, which was like, you know, a couple hours away. It's kind of crazy, but it's like, do people have, you know, stuff like that where they're like, I want to go see this thing that's around here. We want to go to Roswell for the day or. Oh, yeah. Well, 
for a while, everyone wanted to go see Walter White's house. Oh, wow. Okay. All the bands would finish their sound, yeah. their sound checks, and then they'd have the runner take them to to see Walter White's house. That's so, pretty funny. Yeah. I think that's pretty hilarious. So uh, one of the last things I want to say. So when you were playing music here, what has changed? How has the scene changed since you played to now? What's what's the big differences? Um, well, uh, I feel like there's more um, mainstream support for for live music. Yeah. Now, um, I think before it was more underground. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, so. So the venues are kind of set up um, accordingly. Yeah. The venues are more uh, friendly to having a live music area. Like uh, they'll, they'll actually have real stages or, or in real PAs and that kind of thing. Like for a long time. I mean, there's still a situation that will pop up um, now where you'll be like, oh, yeah, you guys go over there in that corner and play. Uh, you know, you, you guys set up over there and right. we'll move tables and make space for you guys so more uh more venues are putting more thought into um being more accommodating mm-hmm. well um, for, for the live music act so do you and, and this is a question i just thought of um do you think uh, you know from what i understand music as a promoter you're, you're trying to make the most money you can off a show like you may or may not like the band but if they make money, you're probably going to bring them in, right? Uh, oh yeah, I mean, I book a lot of bands I don't really care for, right? But I mean, part yeah. Of the, the so, business. for age demographic wise, like you're saying, it's changed a lot because you know now it's you know people are uh, you know more accepting of you know. Do you feel like that's because people that are our age grew up with it, and you know we're just used to it? Because like I feel like. Like I've heard this thing where everybody's like, "Oh, why you know why at his Leta Amphitheater do they always have like the scorpions or you know poison or blah blah blah?" And someone's like, "Because those are, that's the age demographic that has the money to buy tickets." So, do you feel that that's a thing as well? Like you know, if you have shows with, with you know like older bands that are you know that had their heyday you know maybe in the eighties nineties, that you're gonna that's kind of an easy ticket sale because you know people our generation are like you know I I want to go see that. Do you feel that's um, the case? I mean, uh, not necessarily, but people have to think that the calendar has to be filled. Yeah. You know, people that complain, oh, why did you book these guys? I mean, yeah. what difference is it to you? Like, just yeah. don't go. Yeah. If you don't like these Yeah, guys, I don't get that shit either. Yeah. Don't yeah. go. Go to the shows that you want to see. We still have to fill these other days. We can't just close and say, right. you know, fuck, fuck right. that, baby. We, you know, <laughs> well, we're, we're not going to book those guys. Well, I saw Ice Cube uh well, the year before last and he was at uh highlands university in las mm-hmm. vegas and people are like why is he there and it, i mean it's a pretty sin- like i know because i you know at my college i i knew people who were on that you know the the people who booked and what they do is is they go out and they look uh who's touring and who's going to be in like colorado or arizona or texas and then they try to book the day before or the day after so they can, you know, because those bands will want to catch a, you know, they want to catch a show and make some money, you know, traveling through. And so that that always trips me out when the people are like, they're like, oh, hell yeah, this comp, these people are coming to town. Why is it a Wednesday? And it's like, we live in Albuquerque. <laughs> we're not Denver. Yeah. We're not Phoenix. We're not Dallas, you know. That's something that drives us crazy, too. I mean, we bands can't afford to go on tour and only play Fridays or Saturday. Right. Saturday night. Right. Um, yeah. Hey, uh, you know, what the fuck, sunshine? Why on the Tuesday? Yeah, because that's when they were coming through. We're lucky to get the (laughs) act at all. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Can't make it on Tuesday, then sorry, you know. Yeah. It must not be that important to you if you're not going to go on a Tuesday. Well, then it's always frustrating to me where if if it's like a band that's playing at Sunshine or whatever, if it's over $20, people just like shit the bed about it. They're like, 20 they're like 35 dollar and it's like yeah they've got to pay these people and they've got to you know pay their crew and it's got it's just an you know albuquerque is a real weird city for like how how cheap we are well that's the thing is one you know one minute they'll complain that 
their favorite act isn't coming to town. Yeah. What the fuck? Why didn't you guys get the date? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, and then the next minute they're like, Hey, this is, this is my favorite fucking band, but Jesus, I'm not going to pay 25 bucks to see them. Right. You know? So, uh, yeah. it's like, you know, uh, well, that uh, shit, uh, like speaking, going back to the rage against the machine, when those tickets launched, uh, it was rage against the machine with run the jewels. Mm-hmm. Both of those bands are headlining bands. Yeah. And they're $120 for a ticket. And people went, I mean, they sold out, but people were like, I can't believe that that's what they cost. And I'm like, <laughs> their tour's not that big. It's like five or six shows. You know, they've got to pay Run the Jewels. They've got to pay themselves. They've got to pay all of the crew. You know, that's not cheap anymore. Yeah. I mean, and it, and it sold out. So, it's priced right. It might have been underpriced. Sure. <laughs> yeah. You know? And like, but the big problem well, I was. I mean, people oh. complain about $5, honestly. Yeah. Oh, they do. Oh, they do. Oh, uh, Lots everybody. of people. Lots of people. I've, uh, I've I get seen asked it. if I can comp a $5 <laughs> ticket all the time. I was about to say, like, people would be like, $5. Can I get on the list with you? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Joe, we've come down to the, the end of the first hour. Uh, you, you don't have to stay for the second hour if you don't want to. Uh, this is just our goof around hour where you just, you know, act like fools. But uh, do you have anything you'd like to promote for, uh, you know, anything upcoming that you guys have that people might want to know about? Uh, just, um, you know, if you guys are into the whole Night of Living cover band thing, mm-hmm. we're uh, working hard. Um, I have to shout out to Barney, Chris, and Andrew for all the hard work. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Um, go, go subscribe to the Launchpad's YouTube channel. Because uh, I saw Barney the other day. Because, like, if you don't have 100 subscribers, you can't choose what the URL is. And he threw that out there, and you guys got 200 subscribers quickly. Or, I'm sorry, 100 yeah. quickly. So just I mean, trying to collect a bunch of stuff for have some yeah. archive. You know, and, and I mean, if you guys get enough subscribers and you get enough watches, you can, you know, that's another another uh, revenue stream that they could have. You know, we need to save live music. Live music is something that is important. And if you don't think it's important, you know, for, for your neighbor it is. For, you know, other people it is. It's It's art. It's, you know, it's what we need. And, you know, right now, help push the hero is the heroes act. Yeah. Help support that. Call your, you know, senators. Let's get, let's get live venues. We don't, if they die out, it's not going to be good. And we don't want, who is it? Ticketmaster trying to buy up all the venues. Is that, is that who's trying to buy them up? Um, There's there's some companies out there that. Yeah. uh, I'll say it. It's, I think, I think it's Ticketmaster. (laughs) I don't know. Somebody's out there. Big corporations are trying to like take advantage of this and buy up venues. And that's the last thing on this planet that we need. You know, we need the local, you know, we need local. Um, Holly, what do you got to promote? Holly Ann? Oh, actually, for the first time in what, seven months now, I actually have something to promote every week. Nice. Are you there? Yep. Can you hear me? Yep. Hello? Yes. yes. Hello. Hello. We can hear you. Oh, okay. Uh, (laughs) I will be in Greeley, Colorado, November 20th with Kurt Fletcher and Don Morgan. So that should be a great show. So if you're in Greeley, Colorado, please come out. Nice. James Smiley? Um, As for usual, you can uh, look for me on uh, first and second season of Midnight Texas, streaming on NBC and Hulu. Um, if you want to have fun, you can look back and uh, see me on Netflix on uh, Daybreak. I play a high schooler. It's really fun. Nice. Um, I am part of a group now called the Borellas Podcasters Guild. Actually, the show is. And we are launching our studio. from. It's going to be at the B. Rupee Building in Borellas, New Mexico. We are launching November 6th. That will be our launch party. Um, I don't know the specifics on that, but that's coming. Um, other podcasts that are in this group are True Consequences, which is a New Mexico-based true crime podcast. Uh, Parenting versus Podcast, which is just what you'd think it is. It's a couple parents and they podcast. Uh, What's Up ABQ, and they tell about things that are they interview people around Albuquerque and uh, business owners and whatnot. And then there's Dos Pequeños, which is a New Mexico-based ghost 
oriented podcast. So check all those out as well as ours. We do our show here live on Sunday nights from 6 to 8 p.m. And we're going to try to get more guests like Joe on. Uh, Joe, I want to thank you for being on the show. Uh, did thank you want to stick around for the second hour or are you just going to you gonna head out? I have to finish my laundry. I understand that. Thank you for being here. Really appreciate it. <laughs> it's been an honor. I hope this was uh, was good for you. Um, it's been five years trying to get you on here, and I think it was a really great experience. And uh, you answered a lot of the questions that I had. So thank you for being on the show. Cool. Thank you, guys. No problem. Uh, and then for people, uh, add us on social media. We have all of them. Go to tendrinkminimum.com, all that stuff. And with that, definitely drink when I do the show. You should as well. Always remember, never get too drunk to jerk. 10drinkminimum.com 10drinkminimum is a proud member of the Barillas Podcasters Guild. 